So so yeah. so Blueford and, and Tarakus are so Tarakus's power is he's just gigantic. He's just a he's the Hulk basically. Yeah, his sure. his power um, is he's a JoJo of JoJos. Yes, yes. and uh, and he's like. Like he's he's inconsistently huge. Sometimes he's yeah. like Jonathan level huge, and sometimes he's like legitimately the, the size, size of, of a mountain, of like yeah. a building. Yeah, he's like yeah. Hagrid in that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, th- I feel like it's I feel like it's it's impressionistic. It's related to Hagrid. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Distant they're they're, they're Engl- Well, Hagrid's in- not English, right? He's Hagrid's is, Hagrid must be like Scottish, right? Well, like, that's a really good. Well, Mary question. was Mary Queen of Scots. Okay, so okay, fair. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, right. so, so Tarakus is probably wow. Scottish too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they really might be related. Maybe yeah. Tarakus is like related to Hagrid, like on Hagrid's mom's side. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think probably because well, Hagrid is half giant. Yeah, his and, mom was and, a giant, it, and, and his dad was yeah, tiny. Yeah, so so Tarakus must be whole giant, and and somehow related to to Hagrid's maternal Ma- yeah. uh, uh, side. Yeah. Maybe uh, giants yeah. used to be smaller, like how people used to be smaller. <laughs> And yeah. so by the time that they got to like around to Hagrid's mom's generation, the giants were enormous and that's that would explain a lot. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Anyway. I'm so. glad we explained that. Yeah. We now understand where where Okay, good. We've yeah. got we've so got we a solved nice... that one. Yeah. So Episode five is we've just beaten Jack the Ripper in a tunnel. So and you think about it the way I do, where it's it's we. Yeah, we. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because it's an RPG, and we're, we're on the, a journey together. Yeah, we're all on a journey together. We hang out yeah. with, they. with them. We, no, no, we. We, we have done it. We. we we have emerged at from the, the tunnel. At the very least, Speedwagon. We inhabit Speedwagon's body. At okay. the very least, right? We like he's our POV. See, right? I'm yeah. still like the gang. The gang. Has. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Well. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's we've done this, even though I don't personally relate to any of these characters, <sighs> until we meet uh, Poco's sister who rules. I thought you were just going to say Poco. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Well, we do meet Poco in this episode. Yes, no, exactly. Um, I, don't, I don't think Eliz particularly relates to Poco. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> so I still maintain I my cold narrative distance. Okay, the um, gang. Please, go ahead. The gang has, has just escaped the tunnel and is on their way to fascinating Wind Knight's Lot. Wind Knight's Lot, a a perfectly normal name for an English country town. Yes. Wind Knight's Lot. I mean, it doesn't strike me as weird. You keep saying it and I'm just like, sure. Eh. Anyway. um, I don't know. Wind Knight's Lot, which used to be a training center for knights. Sure. Wind Knight's, perhaps. I guess. Maybe they trained on a lot. Um, and then now it's a coal mining town and a prison? Or yes. no, it used, well, to be- it, it used to be a coal mining town because we know that it was, like, he says, like, it, it definitely used to be a coal, coal mining, mining town. town. Yeah. Now it's a prison, but then mm-hmm. it's also got normal people there, too. Right. It has 517 residents, including, including prisoners. prisoners. Um, and they are all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It does tell us that. Um, Q intro opening. Dun dun dun. <laughs> While they're traveling, Speedwagon starts hassling the Baron to be like, "Hey, how come I can't learn Hamon?" Oh yes, that part, right? And he's this like, "How when... come? How come? How come? How come?" And the Baron's <laughs> like, "Well, listen, Jonathan Joestar, despite being the most basic person alive, actually has this latent." One in ten thousand ability to be a Hamon user. Shockingly, he is more than just a piece of meat. Yeah, he's not just a wall of man flesh. He is breathing like a Hamon user 
all the time and that's actually incredibly hard and you can't do that and like most people can't but i guess i could hit you in the sternum (laughs) and try and give you some ham on for a little while and so he does but he kind of screws it up and that's how speedwagon dies (laughs) (laughs) um no but it is kind of important ish is it like does he is that why he's like so warm later or is he just warm? I think he's just warm. He's just warm. I think he, he was he's probably just, aroused by the the he's, idea. He's warm and moist. <laughs> Darius. He is. He is. He's just a warm body. Speedwagon um, is canonically warm and moist. Write it down. <laughs> but yeah, so that that explains why like you can't like not just anybody can do this. You have to be a you know, three football players wide yeah. and not have much going on up top to yeah. <laughs> like, his his brain, his thoughts don't get in the way of his, his extremely breathing. regular breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey Jonathan, how, how regular, are you? Shh, I'm breathing. Imagine how regularly you could breathe if you weren't thinking all the time. No, he can do it because he holds the burden of his tragic past and a difficult future ahead. It requires incredible mental fortitude. Okay, sure. Um, yeah. Even Iraqi thinks Jonathan is boring. So yeah, I'm not about to like start defending how boring he is. Yeah, yeah apparently Speedwagon isn't carrying much of a burden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it says you must have a strong understanding of yourself and Speedwagon's like you may be right about that. So Speedwagon being closeted is not it's able. To, yeah, yeah, true. he's got to be out and proud to, <laughs> yeah. to use Hamon. Yeah. But he's like I still want to help and like, you know, whatever. So yeah, he gets punched in the stomach and it doesn't really go go real well. Uh and then they get attacked by a small boy who robs them. Uh, small boy named Poco, which is a good name for an English country lad. Um, and then they chase you know, after all, him. Lots of Pocos <laughs> running around. Common name. Anyway, they end up running into Dio. Like they have these weird, wacky hijinks for like five goddamn seconds, where their life is not in immediate peril. And then Dio shows up, uh, and Dio is glorious because Dio has brainwashed Poco to yeah. steal their ship for some reason. But then, like once he comes out of it, it's like Poco's now part of the gang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> the second you touch Jonathan Joestar, you're like, I am sworn to yep. you. By the way, <laughs> right. By the way, Poco is the first in a long line of like annoying juvenile sidekicks. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Like, it's just degrees of annoyingness. I mean, and I count Iggy as as the juvenile sidekick <laughs> in in. I was gonna say, like, Smokey's not annoying. No, Smokey's not annoying, but he's. Super problematic. <laughs> He's yeah, very but, problematic. Yeah, but yeah. there's no. At least he, he gets a good ending, though. Yeah, he does. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I would agree that it's a thing that happens commonly. Like, there's the annoying anime sidekick trope that exists, but like, like I don't. I don't know. I don't know these sh- yeah. these kids show up sometimes over and sometimes, over. but not. But they're not like. I don't think that they're like a staple. Mm. I just think they're just sometimes there's a kid, but they're not because like there isn't any in. Oh, no, there is in part six. Never mind. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. And he leads them to Dio, who has had a costume change and looks amazing. Uh, How would you describe his costume? Sort of a gay 18th century Robin Hood. He's really come into his own in terms of posing now, too. Yes. Like, Dio stands on, like, a, a... like a tall hill or like a tall rock peak against the moon and like just poses in the moonlight and like he's clearly hamming it up. Like, right. Well, yeah. and at this point, I mean, he's and he's dressing, he's definitely dressing like royalty at this point mm-hmm. and is definitely, he's, 
he's he is clearly at this point self-styled like king of the world or like he, like it is his birthright is to be king of the world yeah he he um his eyebrows have gotten really good yeah i mean dio's hotness dio's vampire rules include just like getting hotter and hotter the longer you're a vampire yes <laughs> and that never stops happening yeah but yeah he's got these like really phenomenal weird armored over the knee boots and then these breeches and then some sort of scarf that like he has sort of like a perpetual wind machine like Beyonce <laughs> that he must he travel does. with. Like Is this in the anime or just the comic? I mean I assume his his uh his costume changes in the anime too. Um he keeps like a whole wardrobe of awesome yeah. costumes in his mansion that he stole. He's just or inc- castle. He's incredible. Um, and so then they get attacked by a bunch of zombies because that's Dio. That's his new deal is just trying to murder everyone. And so then the Baron and Dio fight. And one of my favorite things about this fight is that the Baron and Dio are clearly from completely different genres. The Baron is like, hey, baby. And Dio it's like you're pushing your luck insect you know like they're just completely i don't know yeah um, yeah the baron is like <laughs> the baron is having fun and yeah. like and like he's doing showmanship stuff and dio is doing a different uh category of and showmanship D- and stuff. dio is like a, a scenery chewing villain and it's so weird to have these two things happening like line by line I mean, it's a little bit like in in like the tick when like the tick is fighting a real serious villain, yeah, you know it's kind of like that. Yeah, but it's played straight, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird, and I love it. So yeah, so that's what I have to say about Dio and Zapelli just being on screen at the same time. Yeah, is that they're both so weird, but they're so weird in different ways. What and I, it's it's good. What I love about this fight is that Zapelli, even though he's been the total badass up to this point, is entirely outclassed by Dio. Like almost immediately, it's just like there's no way Zapelli could ever hurt Dio. And, so um, Dio freeze dries Zapelli's arm. So Zapelli is like, I'm going to send a Hamon punch into you, right? So, you know, that'll that'll kill you because you're a vampire. But Dio understands that Hamon happens because it's conducted through blood and breathing. It's like breathing, but also through blood. And so he's like, I have complete, to- I have total control over my body. I vaporized the moisture in my left arm after you touched it. When water vaporizes, it takes heat with it, freezing your arm in an instant. Sure. Um, so <laughs> sure science. you did, Dio. So, he, so, so, so Dio, through sheer willpower. Remember when we were talking about how there's no consistent rules of like what vampires can do? <laughs> Here's a good example. Uh, uh, for all we they know, Dio could have want. done that before he was a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, sure. it's true. <laughs> if you go to the gym enough, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, can, you, can, you can vaporize all the water you in your want. arm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so he freeze dries uh, Zapelli's arm. And yeah. Then it's like, and since Shit. he can't get blood pumping through his arm, he can't send Hamon through it anymore. Right. So he's essentially neutralized. Yeah. He is out of the game until him and Speedwagon have a realization, which is that there is one way to warm his arm back up. Yes. Very quickly. Uh, and that is, of course, to like, press it against Speedwagon's bare abs. Speedwagon is like, I have really hot abs. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. And so if you put your arm, press your arm against it, you'll be unfrozen in yeah. no time. And it works. And that it's a beautiful moment. He holds Zapelli's uh, arm that is so cold it's burning against his 
abs that are so hot they're burning <laughs> and like that that happens that's a thing that happens um that's how speedwagon contributes to this fight yeah <laughs> by by providing a warm warm abs his hot abs his hot moist hot... abs <laughs> <laughs> um I love the things I get to say out loud while describing JoJo. Um, <laughs> and then, meanwhile, Dio decides, rather than continuing to beat the crap out of everybody, I'm going to wake up to other villains. Sure. Well, he's like, this isn't, I don't feel like dealing with y'all yeah, anymore. This I'm beneath above me, this. Basically. Yeah. And so he wakes up two other villains who are introduced as historical figures in England. Um, apologies to anyone from England who's listening right now because I'm sure you've heard of Blueford and Tarkus. Yeah, the the great the great knights. Because there's such straight faced like this is how these two people were incorporated into history in this episode. It took me a really long time before I actually Googled these characters to see if they were real. And I just kind of like let myself believe that they were. I think it took me until the latest time I watched it, which was like time number nine or ten to like be like, yeah, I wonder, are these actually based on anybody? And spoiler alert, they're not. Nope. Right. But we get in, in the both the show and the manga, we get scenes with flashbacks to their history where like Queen Elizabeth is like mad at Mary Stewart. Yeah, they have a feud. Somehow it's... And then there's, there's a two total... sexy knights swear allegiance to Mary Stewart for some reason. Yeah, total bullshit history about how Queen Elizabeth took the throne. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not accurate at all. I mean, like, fast and loose with, with history, and then there's this. It's entertaining. I actually really like it. I feel like it's, it's like saying Barack Obama won the presidency by winning a fighting tournament. You know, yeah, it's like it's, that level of accurate. Like, uh, yes, he was president. But <laughs> yeah, I actually really enjoy this because I feel like Western media does this to Japanese history constantly. So this is sort of like we deserve this. We earned this. I don't feel that there's any problem with making fun of England. So I yeah, feel like yeah. England can take it. It's fine. Um, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, for the record, no, uh Queen Elizabeth did not spread rumors that Mary Stuart murdered her husband and then tricked two of her knights into cleaning. Getting themselves executed in yeah. order to something, something. And then, like, had put a double of Mary Stuart in the one tower. Of her, and... one of those knights didn't magically have sentient and prehensile hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Tarkus's so... power is he's enormous. And Blueford is a... Um, uh, he's an, he's an excellent fighter and strategist. He's a fearsome warrior, but he's also he has sentient hair. Yeah, he has his, his he hair has is magical, magical hair. Um, and which, this is not a, this is not a vampire power of his. This he is, had it in life. He had it in life. Though he can use it to suck blood now that he is a vampire. Right, but just like you know, I have fingers, and they don't they can't suck blood right now. But if I turned into a vampire, I would use my fingers to suck blood because also, that's how you do would it. Would you in JoJo? You could in JoJo. He could if but, you were. A should he? Yeah. Also, a question I have is: these dudes were beheaded, and then somehow Dio. Oh, that's a great. Oh shit! Yeah, they were beheaded. 
Well, maybe their bodies were buried with their heads. Yeah, and then DOJ. I mean, there's a lot of beheading their and reheading in this their, in JoJo's bizarre their adventure. Right? Were not completely destroyed. We know that. Yeah. So we know Apparently. that their heads. So like, and but, these were killed like 300 years ago. But it looks like their brains would have the, their heads would have been like thrown into the garbage. Like, look, not to not to spoil anything, but maybe maybe this was practice for Dio to like. So to, you're uh, saying uh, that maybe their head, heads are on new bodies? Head surgery practice? No, probably their same old bodies. Oh, but. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if you but look now, at Tarkus, yeah, like, he's he got know? staple marks on his neck. Oh, my Whoa. God. What? Okay, so Dio. Wow. He definitely surgically put their heads back on something. <laughs> so Dio did actually like have practice adhering heads to head bodies to a body. And that explains so it's much. so deep. It's so deep. Do you think anyone knows? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do know what we're talking about. I'm sure a lot of people. I Let's mean, just put a pin in this and, and observe that Dio had to re, to put these guys' heads back onto some kind of body, whether their own or someone else's. Yeah, and and becomes, that is important. That is important for yeah. later. Dio yeah. is getting his his medical practice in yes. while he is being an He's evil He's practicing vampire. on cadavers like, a, like, like like any good med student from yeah. the 19th century. And so yeah. this is that is actually important, even if these guys are kind of not important in any other way. Uh, it's important that he decided to revive people who had been beheaded. <sighs> Do you want some Jojonium notes? I mean, kind of. Uh, I was just looking. Uh, Courtney has the this volume of Jojonium <laughs> open, and the the large like pull text or the pull quote is Zapelli's mustache. Mustache was a huge gamble. Yeah, the Jojonium <laughs> weirdly ends at a much better point than where the episode ends. It ends with Tarakus and, and Blueford showing up, not in the middle of a battle. And so I've now got all these great notes about Will Antonio Zapelli from Iraqi. He's like, I-, I felt like I had to reference Led Zeppelin with this character. I'll be- it's a real shame I used it so early. He said he likes characters who are silly and make you wonder whether or not they're missing a screw up there, like in Jackie Chan movies where the master is always a drunkard. And like in the Karate Kid, so he wanted like his appearance to be a little off. I want to live a Rocky's life. <laughs> like he just he just consumes so much media all the time, and you can tell. Yeah. Like some every so often he'll talk about like a tiny fraction of it, and you're just like, how do you have time to create as much as you do when you are clearly watching movies all day? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, he dressed him like a magician and gave him the mustache of a snake oil salesman. His mustache was actually inspired by those worn by the painter Salvador Dali mm. and uh, Osomatsu Kun's Iyami. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, people, modern day anime viewers will be familiar with that character because of Osomatsu San, um, which was an anime. It's a, an extremely popular anime oh, okay. from the last couple of years. Um, Is that which the one was with a, the six dudes? Yeah, okay. and Osomatsu Kun was the classic anime uh that osomatsu san is like sequel slash parody to yeah Got so it. that same character's in there with the mustache however the mustache requires a lot of courage to pull off in a shonen magazine maybe because it makes the character look older and untrustworthy <laughs> also because it's super fucking gay like maybe that's what he meant to say <laughs> Like, it's, it takes a lot of courage to pull it off in a shonen magazine because it's, like, the gayest shit of all time. Well, and because he says, even though he serves as JoJo's master, it's not like he's an old man or much older than JoJo. Um, right, because it's, like, a sex thing. <laughs> I love how you're <laughs> twisting every single sentence. <laughs> well, it's because later on, like, with Steel Ball Run, like, and I'm sorry that I keep doing this, but I assume that at least some people who are listening to this, like, vaguely 
are aware of other arcs of Jojo. But like in Steel Ball Run, when he when Araki talks about Steel Ball Run, he's like, oh, yeah, Johnny and Gyro, like they they're, you know, I wanted them to have kind of like a similar relationship to like like uh baron zapelli and jonathan and like and people and and the there was this interview with like a fujoshi magazine where <laughs> the interviewer kept being like but they're like in a relationship right and Araki's like he doesn't answer of course because that's what he does but he's just like i wanted them to have like a close like teacher student master learning whatever and they're like but they're banging right and he's like uh, and then and then the interviewer is like, I imagine Gyro like washing Johnny and Rocky was like, I like that idea. Maybe I'll put it in. <laughs> anyway, so my point is it's a sex thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the thing with Blueford and Tarukus, there are many, many times where something will show up in JoJo and it is maybe the amount of information that one could glean from an Encarta 95 CD right. or an encyclopedia entry. Or I just assume Araki like hung out in the in the reference section of the library and just like closed his eyes and pointed and like pulled off random volumes and, and fe- like whatever page he opened to. He was like, this is the next thing I'm doing. Yeah, it's definitely. But that's how much information. Yeah, it's like that's how much of it was interesting to him. And then that's how much made it into any given section of a plot. And the reason why we talk about this now is because right now, like the Blueford Tarkus thing is fairly um, innocuous. Yeah. It's, it's benign. And like, it's not, you know, it's not going to hurt anyone. It's just, unless you're a deep, deep Mary queen of Scots truther. (laughs) Sure. Uh. But please like seek help in part two. There's, there is like a problematic, noble nazi character yeah. takes place during world war ii and like i you know i'm jewish i don't particularly care about stroheim the character who who is the problematic historical nazi figure but i can understand why people would care and especially like in today's political climate like like when <laughs> i first watched this it was like a couple years ago there maybe were slightly fewer Nazis like in the literal White House. So it was more like I could kind of, you know, as a Jew, I could kind of laugh it off more. And now even like like recommending Jojo's Bizarre Adventure to people, I'm like, I have to be like, okay, you have to remember like it's still even 30 years ago, it was bad, but it was like a different, you know, it had a different feel. Yeah. So the, so uh, just be it's, aware. It's it's it, The thing is, is that it's like, Eventually, you know, Wikipedia gets invented. And so and you can tell you can tell exactly when Wikipedia gets invented, y'all. Um, but it, it always has sort of that feeling of like he's putting in whatever is sort of holding his interest at the moment. And uh, that is sort of the depth that it ever gets. And so as and that's one of the things that's fascinating is that you can sort of see where his sort of outside interests are and there and then are, they move. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of anime series and manga series that I really like that specifically deal with what is obviously like a, an obsession, like a side obsession of the writers. Like, I mean, you have like even something like Yamushi Petal. You can tell that like the people who are working on it are like obsessed with cycling. Cycling. Yeah. So, and, and if you have, you have like old Osama Tezuka stuff where like, he went to medical school before he became a comics artist. And so he he writes a lot of stuff where like there's really, really detailed surgeries happening in it. And you have like, uh, what did you eat yesterday by Fumi Yoshina- uh, Yoshinaga? And she um, 
which like each chapter has like a recipe that they cook and like you can tell like okay so she's really into cooking besides making these really excellent comics and with Araki like he's just so inconsistent but he has and he has so many of these random interests that he pulls in so it's never like I'm doing a series about this it's more just like all right, well, today I read about this. I will, yeah. I will so you're going to hear about it too. I will say that eventually there is one overriding like hobby of his that I think does thematically stay consistent, which is fashion. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, fashion definitely, and as we already started talking about, it's just like the clothes yeah. and the style yep. of everybody. And to, eventually to the point where you get the series where everybody's named after clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's true. That's a very good point. Um, but and, and mostly like that's we wanted to get ahead of the whole like historical uh, stuff just because it's it's going to be there and we're just going to keep talking about like, oh, OK. And so then clearly Iraqi got like fell down a research hole on this thing and then lost interest. And so for yeah. a little while, we're going to be dealing with this. So, yeah, for a little bit, we're going to have these two fictional knights. I have no idea why, um, but we're going to fight them. So, yeah, if you've watched the episode we will actually s- discuss the full fight with Blueford in the next episode. Um, in the next podcast episode. Experience an extremely good sword. Yeah. Um, and some really good hair. Yeah. Really good some hair. Terrifying hair. So, yeah. So, uh, tune in next time for another episode of JoJo's Bizarre Explainer. Thank you for listening. JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora, Ora, Oregon at StreamPDX Mobile Podcast Studio. Thank you to the folks at StreamPDX and Open Signal. Our music is The Freakout Experiment by Tobias Weber. You can contact us at explainjojo at gmail.com. <laughs>